Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Eric J. Olson. I'm the CEO of Array Digital, and I'm your host today for this episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. On the Managing Partners Podcast, we interview managing partners from around the country to find out how they're running their firms, how they're growing their firms, and what they're doing to get more leads for their firms and to keep that case pipeline full. And today, I have someone from my hometown, Virginia Beach, Jim Hurley. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing great, and I'm from Norfolk, Virginia. I'm actually from Chesapeake, but you know, it's all the same. Virginia Beach. I've got you. I've got you. That's right. So for anyone who's not from the area, there's a couple of cities and they're they're so close together. It's all practically the same. But I, I usually interview people from across the country. So this is great. So Jim, how you doing? I'm doing great today. How are you doing, Eric? Very good. Appreciate your time. Well, if you would, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your firm? Sure. Our firm has about 40 employees. We're nine lawyers. We started about 10 years ago. I was a solo practitioner practitioner. And I had left a larger firm because I thought I could do it better. As all personal injury lawyers think that have huge egos, they always think they could do it better. So about 10 years ago, I joined forces with John Cooper. He's my partner. And over the course of these last 10 years, we've grown the firm from two lawyers and a few staff to our current nine lawyers and about 40 people. And our focus is on injury law. And that focus is primarily car accident related, but we also do railroad work and trucking work and motorcycle work. But all we do is injury work. That's very impressive growth in 10 years. And since we're local to each other, I can attest that I see your company name in a lot of places. You definitely get the word out. I mean, so many places. So, but besides the normal question that I ask is besides referrals, what are some different ways that you get new clients? But I think you do a pretty good job with the referral program as well. So can you kind of step us through maybe like the big areas in your business development that generates new leads for your firm? Yeah, that would be great. That the I've always believed that if we can keep in touch with people, that's the best way to generate business. So since the firm started and even before the firm started, we have what we call a friend of the firm program. And the friend of the firm includes anybody we know. So that would be past clients, that would be current clients, that would be people we know like Eric Olson, who's a great marketer. And we touch and touch base with these people on a regular basis. We do old-fashioned mail. We do emails. We try not to bother people, but we do try to touch them at least once every couple months or so to keep our name in front of them. And through the years, over 50% of our gross revenue has come from people that refer us cases. And then usually right around 50% of our new cases are referral-based. And we have a whole program. We have a marketing assistant in-house that primarily works with our friend of the firm list. Our list is currently about 15,000 people, names and addresses, and we touch base with them on a regular basis. So it's really a long-term thing that you work on day in and day out, month in and month out, year in and year out. So it just takes time, but that's been a great, great benefit for our firm's growth. You know, you you said that it's, it's something that takes just effort and focus and day in and day out to generate these referrals. You call it the friend of the firm program. And I, I really, really like that because so many managing partners come onto this podcast and they'll say that they, they grow through referrals and they're very proud of the fact that they grow through referrals and they should, and we all love referrals. 
but inevitably they're just not really doing a whole lot to generate those. So I think the program that you have is fantastic. 15,000 people on your list is very impressive as well. But the fact that you focus on it, you're dedicating time, resources to cultivating those friends, it's impressive and it shows. Uh, congratulations on that. And then since this is a marketing podcast and anybody listening has some interest in marketing, one thing I've learned, and I wish I could say I knew this from the beginning, but you learn from your mistakes, is we're like a lot of firms and we kind of go toward the shiny object. What's the next shiny mm -hmm. object? Oh, let's do TV. Oh, let's do PPC, pay-per-click on the internet. And that the for a long time we have done that, and we currently do that, but it took years and years to realize the best source of our business came from people that already knew us. So we're trying to spend more marketing dollars in that area as opposed to marketing dollars and kind of the next new shiny thing like PPC or LSA on the internet or TV and cable and streaming. Although we do all those things, but that's one thing I would really like for people to learn, if nothing else, focus on what works for you and really focus on that. Yeah, I agree. If something works, you should really put the resources into it. And it sounds like you are. So that, that's great. And I know you said that you're putting a lot of your resources into the Friends of the Firm program. Uh, but I would imagine you also haven't walked away from other marketing techniques. You mentioned several of them. What would be like the number, say, two or three kind of tactic that you think is working the best for you these days when it comes to non-referral based marketing? Sure. A clear number two and very close to the friend of the firm would be, I still call it the internet because I'm old, I'm 63, I'm ancient, I grew up with no cell phone. And that the, uh, so I still say internet, all the younger people all say digital, but I'll say digital <laughs> internet. Uh, but we spend a lot of time and effort on the digital. We have an outside company called Blue Shark that helps us with SEO and various internet related stuff. And they do a great job. We have in-house a uh, person that helps coordinate our digital. So we spend a lot of time and resources on that. And that's clearly our number two. And then we also have a TV campaign. And then we also do what I call various branding exercises. So that would be sponsorships, contributions, giving back to the community. We have a heavy presence on local buses. They don't necessarily yep. generate cases, but they help us with branding. So that helps us as well. Yep. Well, you know, you said internet instead of digital, but at least you didn't say the information superhighway or the World Wide Web. Because right. I, I remember those days for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. So number one is lead source, if you will, is, is a friend of the firm. And that's that's really, I mean, frankly, just keeping in touch with the people who know who you are. Number two, digital. Number three, it sounded like TV. Is that fair to say? Yeah, TV. TV. We, we, uh, that would be our number three. So that's interesting. So I, I would imagine also thinking about the audience that probably uh, the majority of managing partners do not advertise on TV. Now, I think maybe for your practice area, it's a little bit different. But when, it, when we say TV these days, you know, TV's changed so much. Do you do like the streaming like online as well or, or is it all like the traditional broadcast over the air and cable? Sure. That, and, and I agree with you. The vast majority of people that listen to this probably don't have a TV campaign, probably because of their size or other reasons. And to give people out there an idea, we have about a half a million dollars a year on a TV campaign and we're a relatively small market. 
the way TV defines us. So in our area, we're about the number four or five on TV spenders. So we're out there, but we're not dominating. We're not one of the gorillas out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, the so uh, we started doing TV simply because we've grown and we wanted to do it a lot for branding purposes. So for those that can't do TV, focus on your friend of the firm and focus on the digital. But how, the way we break it down, our rough TV spend is that we have about currently 70% broadcast, which is the big stations. And then we have about 10% cable, which is cable. And then the other 20%, we just started calendar year 2022 streaming. Mm -hmm. So we're pumping money into Hula. Obviously, Netflix and Disney will come on next year for streaming. So we've already budgeted money for that. So we think streaming down the yeah. road will be the place to spend the TV dollars. Makes sense to me. I mean, personally speaking, and I'm probably like more on the leading edge when it comes to technology than the, the average American. But yeah, I cut the cable years ago, probably at least at least 10 years ago at this point. When we watch TV, it's it's on a laptop usually. And it's just usually like some sort of streaming service like Hulu or Netflix or, or even Facebook. But at least for me, that's where people are at these days. So I think it's a great idea to shift, but there's still so many people that still watch the, the broadcast that it, it makes a ton of sense. And even though it's, you mentioned $500,000 a year, it's, it's a significant number, but the the cost per impression on TV is very, very low. You just, there's a lot of impressions, right? Yeah. And then the, uh, uh, the thing is, is that we use a local advertising agency, Davis Ad Agency, that does a good job and they're regionally based and they work with a lot of injury firms so that the uh, whenever we meet with them, they always say we're doing great. And most marketers will always say that and some actually do that. Um, and then the other thing is, is that the, as I mentioned earlier, for your first year, if you decide to go into TV, your results will be terrible because you're just breaking into it. You're just getting known. It really takes set timeline of two or three years with a decent spend before you actually start seeing your ROI or return on investment. And currently our ROI is about a dollar for a dollar, which isn't great, but we also have a lot of other benefits from TV in regards to branding. So that's why we are continuing mm -hmm. to do it and will for the next few years. I think that's a really interesting point is you have to be patient with TV, but that also applies to other tactics, right? So like friends of the firm, that's probably not something that like you started it and then you immediately got an ROI. It takes a while and there's a whole program. Digital is definitely that way. Now with advertising digitally, it's a little more instantaneous, but you, you kind of peak out at a certain point based on your budget. But with like SEO, search engine optimization, it takes time. It takes time for Google to move you through the ranks and for the those movements to result in clicks and then even longer for those clicks to result in leads on your website. I think it's a great point, Jim, which is that you have to be patient with any marketing campaign that you start. It's rarely going to be dollars in immediate dollars out. It's an investment in your firm and your firm's future. Yeah, and I would definitely agree with that. And I was laughing here because of the fact when usually speaking, if someone sells you insurance, you go term insurance or universal insurance or whole life insurance, they always use the term, it's an investment. And I'm always sitting there, well, that doesn't really sound like a good investment to me. So the analogy would be just what you said, that we're firm believers in marketing. 20% of our budget is devoted to marketing. We currently have five full-time in-house marketers doing various things for us, as well as having outside firms that help us. 
and marketing. So I think if you're in the personal injury world, either you're a solo or a smaller firm or a medium firm or even a gorilla firm, you really got to make a decision that if I want to be super successful, I'm going to have to market. That's right. Yeah, completely agree. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757 757- Three three three, three zero two one. What is something that used to work well for your marketing, and then just kind of stopped working either you know a year or five years ago? Sure, that the one of the things that we've always struggled with, and quite frankly hasn't really panned out, is what I call pay per click on the internet. That currently you have LSA, which are local service ads, and Google blesses that, and they're a little bit better than your regular PPC or pay-per-click. But we've been doing what I would call pay-per-click for years and years and years and years. And yeah. that the each and every time we do a campaign, we analyze the results and they're not good. Yeah. But that the, as you referenced before, you kind of get an immediate feedback because you're getting immediate hits. And that the uh, it does help in some regards. Personally, I think Google does reward you with Google Juice, even they say they won't, and they don't right. if you pay money to them. So that has been something that hasn't been great. But do we have we stopped doing it? No, we're continuing to do it. And I think it's just the cost of doing business. So I wish that was a little bit better. And then the other thing we've done in the past that really hasn't worked is radio. I know some hmm. people are very successful with radio. Yeah. We've run three or four different radio campaigns for a relatively long time and a relatively significant investment. And each and every time they just haven't worked out. So radio, we decided we weren't going to really do radio significantly because of those. Those would probably be the two things I would mention. Very interesting. So a couple of really interesting points there. One is the PPC pay-per-click or in particular Google search ads. I agree with you. We see less ROI on those than we do for search engine optimization. And there's a stat, it's, it's widely online that only 3% of people click on those PPC ads, which means that 97% skip over the, the ads, even though they're at the top of the search results, they skip over them and they go elsewhere. Now, LSAs are typically above those ads, but they'll go somewhere besides the actual PPC ads. And it's usually some form of organic, unless it's the LSAs like you're talking about. And it, it seems like there's a trust issue there. Right. So people know that as an advertiser, you're only getting to that position because you're paying money. But if you're in the organic listings, then there's a much higher level of trust with those results. So people will skip and they'll they'll take the extra effort to go down to that section. So yeah, we we do Google ads here, but a lot of times we inherit a campaign from a client that's coming in and we'll optimize it as best we can. But the real goal here is to shift into better forms of, of marketing, better tactics like SEO. So yeah, some really good insights there. Actually, the, the radio one is, is interesting too, Jim, because I've heard from a lot of managing partners that I've interviewed on this series that radio seems to do better for them than TV. So of all the like traditional, if you will, tactics like a billboard, radio, TV, newspaper. I even had someone that's still advertising on the back of the yellow pages. I was surprised. But radio seemed to be the one that like kind of was a, a good value versus the others. Billboards too. And well, each, market's a little, each market's a little bit different and each market, something works in one market may not necessarily work in another market. That's um, right. Yep, yep. My, thought, my thought on that is all marketing is good. <laughs> 
but you just have to figure out what marketing is really good. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, that's the tough question. So 10 years ago, you started your firm. You said also you're 63. You started your firm at 53. That's bold. Great success since then. What are your plans for the next 10 years, Jim? Sure. That the uh, We try to plan relatively far ahead. So we have a plan in place at the firm that would end on January 1st of 2025. So it's approximately two years and a few months left in that plan. And at the end of that plan on 1125, our goal is to be gross revenue, $10 million. And we're relatively close to that. And then also at that time, we'll be probably about 50 to 60 employees. We're continuing to grow. We're continuing to hire people. And then the most important part of the plan is, is that we're really focusing on firm culture. And mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of the managing partners will talk about firm culture. And that's a very, very hot topic right now. Bottom line is, is that each firm culture is distinct and different. But we're firm believers is if you have a, a productive, good firm culture, that's really going to help propel the firm forward. So in the next two years and change, we're focusing on that. We have been focusing on firm culture. So the idea is to continue to grow and continue to focus on injury law. And then we'll reassess in approximately two years and a few months where we want to go. That's really interesting. Uh, I would say you're the first person I've interviewed that had a formal plan versus just kind of a concept. How did you get to that point where you're, you picked a specific date in the future and then you have specific goals? Uh, do you work just like, are you working with coaches? Is this something that you picked up in the past? That the, uh, you know, that I would love to say I invented all this stuff. And quite frankly, I haven't invented any of this stuff. That the, we're members of Great Legal Marketing and Ben Glass that does a great job. Kilma and Hardinson does a great job. And I'm always reaching out to marketers. Eric, I know personally, he's a phenomenal marketer. I've run into him in various ways for marketing. He's written a great book that, believe it or not, is right behind him. I've read it. He signed it for me. There's some great ideas in his book. So that the the range I decided on, this is the uh, second five-year plan we've embarked on. And that the first five-year plan, I just decided to do it. And it didn't work out great, but it gave me a structure. And so this is the second five-year plan. And I'm much more detailed about what we're doing each year and what we're trying to accomplish. And as I say, it wasn't an idea that that I came up with, but it was listening to various people in the marketing world and then great legal marketing with Ben Glass, Ken Hardinson and Pilma. And that yep. the uh, to essentially put something down on paper and your book talks about this as well. Yeah. Put something down on paper. Give yourself an idea where you want the journey to go and That's then right. try to march down that road to that ultimate destination. There's, There's the book. my book, Million Dollar Journey. Right. With the understanding that you never reach where you want to go. Once you get where you think you want to go, then you're going to realign where you want to go. So it's a constant journey. You reset to the next destination. You mentioned Ben Glass and great legal marketing. I- I read the book. He's definitely a legend when it comes to law firm marketing. Very good book. I am pretty sure, I, re- I read this about a year ago, maybe, that he's kind of a, a student, if you will, of Dan Kennedy and lead magnets, getting people to kind of raise their hand versus just saying, hire us right now as a firm. You could give them some sort of free information. Is, have you tried that before? Do you do much of that or is it more like contact us now? Yeah, and that the uh, and, and you're right about Ben Glass. He's a firm proponent of that. That what we do is we always have this argument. If I'm interviewing someone for a marketing position, I ask them, "You have a million dollar budget. 
tell me how much you would spend on branding marketing and tell me how much you would spend on call me now I'm hurting an auto accident market. Yeah. So there's no right or wrong answer in regard to that, but we do provide informational marketing. We've written books. We have various other informational marketing. So if people want to access that, they can access that directly from our website relatively easily. But we also have a fair amount of marketing, what I call call to action. Only contact us if you're hurting a car accident. And we probably spend about 60% of our budget on the branding type and then 40% on the call to action. Only call us if you're hurt in an auto accident. Mm -hmm. and it varies from year to year and people have different opinions on it, but we do both. Yeah. We've debated about you know, call now campaigns versus you know, free information campaigns internally here at the office, in particular for personal injury lawyers. Uh, we've debated that quite a bit. My opinion is kind of like you're doing, do both. Give people an opportunity to get more information if they would like. If they're really hurt and it's very clear to them that they're banged up and they need some representation, it doesn't matter what you put in front of them, they'll call that number, they'll find the number, right? But like I, I've been in a situation where I got injured, but it wasn't, it wasn't real serious. I wasn't really sure if I needed a, a lawyer and I did research. I researched it and then I found out that like, no, I didn't have a case. But I would imagine that there's a lot of people that are in that situation and if you give them free information, even if it's not a case, they'll self-select out, which means that you're not tying up your call center or whatnot. No. Yeah. And, then, you know, and on that point, Eric, this is something that I would share with everybody that the, you know, the cases that we want, we deal with in a very professional, prompt way. But there's a lot of cases like you mentioned with your case where people will contact us and we just can't help them for various reasons and we'll give them information. But part of our friend of the firm program is we get their basic information, their name, their address, their email address, their phone number, things like that. And then they become part of our friend of the firm. And so those people that have contacted us in the past and then we couldn't help each and every year, they have no idea why they're continuing to get our stuff, but they get it. And then each and every year we get at least 50 new cases from that part of our friend of the firm. So yep. you have the time and the effort, even the people that you can't help right away, if you keep in contact with them, you may be able to help them down the road. Or one of their friends, right? So I would imagine if you're continuously marketing to your list, there's going to be an opportunity in, in those 15,000 people's lives, an opportunity where maybe they're not hurt, but, but the relative is or colleague is hurt. And then it just so happens that email comes through and they're like, oh yeah, Cooper Hurley, right? Because people forget. So even though they've been getting your newsletter and everything else for potentially years, that email hit at the right time and it just connected. So it's important to keep doing those things, especially email marketing. It's it's practically free. You have I to put the in effort the, into writing the emails. But. And I believe in the marketing world you all live in, they call that TOMA or top of mind awareness. That's right. That's, that's, right. that's exactly what, what we try to accomplish. Excellent. Well, Jim, this has been really interesting. I found out a lot more about you that I didn't know. So I appreciate your time. If someone would like to reach out to you, if they have additional questions, maybe they have a case they'd like to refer to you. What's a good way to get in touch with you? Sure. That The, the, the way I prefer is my email. It's uh, jhurley at cooperhurley.com. And I'm a good email responder. Our phone number, which you can always call, is 757 333 3333. And if you leave me a message, I actually return messages. I'm of the generation that believes you should return messages. 
So I'm happy to return a message either via phone or via email. And I'd just like to end that if I can help anybody, believe me, I'm more than willing to help somebody that people have helped me along the journey and people continue to help me along the journey. So I have what is called an abundance theory in regards to there's plenty of work for everybody. And if I can help somebody, I'm more than happy to do it in any shape, form or fashion. I love it. Very nice. Well, thanks again, Jim. All right, everybody. If you would like to find out more about the show, you can go to our website, ArrayLaw.com. If you go to the podcast area, you'll see all of our past podcast interviews. We're up to about 250 now, and each one of them is tagged by state and practice area, so you can filter down to exactly what you're looking for. And if you are looking for law firm marketing services, please consider my company, Array Digital. Again, you can find us at ArrayLaw.com. Jim, appreciate it. We've been recording this podcast free of charge for years. Hopefully, you're getting amazing value out of it. We don't ask for much, but would you do us one favor? Would you tell just one person about this podcast? If you get any value whatsoever, all we ask, and we'd greatly appreciate it, is share the podcast with one person just like you.